Hello, hello. Good evening, folks, and welcome along to the Endless Celts podcast. This is the Monday night show. This is the cup final review show, the victorious League Cup final review show. And uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the next wee while as me and Franny and Ross dissect yet another League Cup one for the boys against their biggest rivals at the National Stadium. Ross, how are you feeling, son? My voice is just about holding up. Uh, I am slightly hoarse. My voice is <laughs> uh, it's been worse after uh, Celtic Rangers games, but I'm absolutely shattered, man. What a day, what a long day, but a great day. Uh, and the boys came up trumps again. Absolutely did, absolutely did. Can't wait to get stuck into uh, going, going over all the big talking points and moments for the game. Uh, yourself, Ranny, how are you feeling today, son? Um. I'm fresher than you two boys. I was up the road at very punctual at half six and stuff, so not too much for me. But uh, it was a great day all round. Where a few a few people in the media and across the city were were eating a lot of humble pie. I think Anthony. Oh, they certainly were. They certainly were. Or in Keith Jackson sense, just going start raving mad. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> read his article today, but oh. oh my god, I hope his keyboard was waterproof. That's all I'll say. Um, absolutely <laughs> crazy. Um, but listen, I think perhaps that was more to do with the result than the actual game itself. But uh, anything that, of course, makes the mainstream media mad is oxygen to us. So mm-hmm. we're going to get start, started right in it, Ross. Um, before we kind of go over too much about the you know the, the you know certain moments or whatever in the game, just your overall thoughts on the the occasion itself. You know the pre-match pyro the you know, all the, all the madness in the stands, the that kind of cup final atmosphere that really only Glasgow can produce. Uh, it's always good when you come out on top as well. Of course. Um, I mean, the weather held up as well. It was dry, which always helps. Um, but I, the fans, for the first minute to last, were right behind the team. Absolutely outstanding. And then even the, the scenes at the end, the the players, um, I'm sure we'll maybe touch on it. Joe Hart's interview, just the appreciation, he realising the backing that they give them and acknowledging that, uh, and it was evident all day. Um, and by the way, I have to say, the other mob, <laughs> they created <laughs> they created a good uh, atmosphere. It added to it. Do you know what I mean? We we talk about that kind of when it's at Parkhead and there's only 700 of them and then vice versa, when it comes to a cup final like that and it's half and half, it's an outstanding atmosphere. Yeah, that absolutely was. <laughs> and, uh, Franco, your, your, yourself, your, your sort of take on it all, as I say, it was a pretty pretty mental day. Uh, it was just <clears> the <throat> usual, the, the sort of pre-match nerves. I was obviously on the way up to Willie's house to watch and stuff. I bumped into a few folk and my, I was I was fairly confident going into the match. Just obviously, I know it's a cliche form goes out the window and things like that. But the form we were in, it's you, you would rather go in a game of that magnitude and the form that we were in. But also, it was making me even more nervous. I was like, I could be getting a big shock there because you just never know. You could have a wee off day, a wee lucky <coughs> something, something could happen that <coughs> the game goes not in our favour. But I just. As it was, it turned out to be an absolute great day. The team started great, and as you say, after it, the celebrations after it, some of the videos on Twitter and things like that, especially for the players and things like that, it's just an absolute fantastic, fantastic day. And the only downside was I had to leave the boys early, but such is life. You pick your battles. At 38, you pick your battles, Anthony. Absolutely, son. You got to, uh, we've got to box wisely uh, <laughs> these days. Um, I think Ross could have been checking out earlier there, son. You got you caught your breath. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I choked in that juice. <laughs> <laughs> we did the wrong hole. I'm loving there, son. But uh, and by the way, obviously Frank was bringing up the comments, so to, to start with already. And uh, thanks to everybody that's for tuning in and sticking with us. And uh, thank again, Roscoe. I've got to give full credit to you and Wally. And uh, obviously Stephen as well and Jed for a brilliant show on, on Friday night. And it's obviously for a great reaction to it. I just thought it kind of got the, kind of whetted the appetite perfectly for the game uh, yesterday. Listen back to it uh, the day again. Uh, it was absolutely superb. So well done on that, guys. 
Um, but Ross, I'm going to come come straight back to you just in, in regards to you know you guys actually called the team right on on Friday night, both both you and Jed, and I just want to sort of do, do you feel that the game went the way that you expected it to? The, the, obviously, you, you you called it on on the night that you thought that on the, that Rangers will have their periods in the game, but although we maybe weren't our full up to full speed uh, slickness. Thought overall, um, the players uh, done very well. Um, I, well, I, without being hungry, I, I actually called the score as well. So it kind of did. It, it sort of went how I expected. I actually think we were more comfortable in the game than, than I expected, to be honest with you. I was never... Although there was probably a wee five-minute spell after Rangers got their goal, where he had that it was a wee seeded out, creating an even on the on the pitch, but they they sort of recomposed themselves and just never looked in any real trouble after that wee sort of spell. Uh, <clears throat> in terms of the first half, I thought Celt- Rangers never got going. Celtic weren't they, like you've said they weren't they, absolutely. It wasn't their best performance by any stretch. Uh, but they were in control of the game and they got their goal. Hi, Phil. Um, they got their goal uh, right at the perfect time. Everybody everybody says getting a goal, excuse me, right on half time. Basically, it was perfect. They come out the second half, continue in the same vein, uh, get obviously the, the, the two goal cushion. And it's you, you sort of think it's easy street, but. Like I'd said, and like others, everybody, it's not like I'm an expert, everybody knew, knows that Ranger, Rangers were going to have their spell in the game. They got their goal in that spell, that's what you have to do when you're no dominating, because they never, they never dominated at any point in the game. But they had their wee spell, they got their goal, it put the seeded out in, but then in the end, eh, everybody could see that we actually could have added to eh, our lead. Uh, towards the end, Taksibanovic had a couple of chances. Uh, Matt O'Reilly, um, they probably they probably should take two out of the three at the very least. Uh, they don't. It would have made the score look a lot better if they'd won three four one. I don't think it looked like that much a gap in the scoreline as much as we controlled it, but it would have put some nice gloss on it. But in the end. You take the two-one victory; it's a final. You just win it, and that's what we've done. We certainly did, son. And more on the, the celebrations later. But Granny, your your own thoughts. <coughs> Obviously, you weren't on the, the show on on Friday night as well. But when you seen the lineup, was is that if if you'd been the man in charge, is that the team you would have picked? Is there any changes you would have made? And what was your sort of overall impression of the the overall performance by the team? Nah, I said that to Ross uh, yesterday as well. I said that would have been my team. The only position for me up for debate was m- how fat Moy was. If Moy was fat, I think he, he had to play, and obviously, inevitably, wasn't he? he? was a key factor in both the goals when you actually look at them. Uh, the, the first one, he, get, it's a, he picks up a great pocket space. But I, I thought we did. We moved the ball well, but it was like kind of in the final third. We're sort of floating balls in a bit, and it just it wasn't kind of like. We tend to score a lot of like, well, you'd maybe cry FIFA goals or something. It was just zipped along the box and it's a tap in for a couple of yards out and stuff. So I, it was no coincidence that the first goal came for a move like that where uh, Starfield, who I thought was brilliant. I thought that all, all the defence were brilliant, to be fair. Um, Starfield was brilliant. He actually nips in and wins the ball back for us on both goals, actually. Uh, and then obviously, they say the ball finds its way to Moy, who's picked up a great pocket of space. Moy does what Moy does. He plays the right pass. He plays the right weight to pass. Taylor's not got a big stride. And Maeda maybe missing it probably does as a wee favourite. Probably puts uh, Davis off. And then, uh, like Ross said, it's a great time. as that old cliche, but it's a great time to score right on half time and stuff. Uh, it just changes the whole dynamic thing. Because as much as we were uh, really had a lot of the ball, it was you thought we really maybe need to make this count because. Rangers might like what they've done at Ibrox, just come out the second half all guns blazing and maybe take advantage, take advantage of that and uh, all the good work of not capitalising it. So it was good to get that goal. Then obviously the one pretty soon into the second half, uh, 
it kind of made it comfortable and stuff. And but like Ross said, you you can't expect, especially a cup final, but against your biggest rivals, you, there's going to be spells where they're going to have the ball, and uh, you, you're going to be maybe <laughs> under the cost you button. Uh, fairness to Willie, when Tavernier got the, the free kick, he went, that's a big chance, that's a big chance, and they, they inevitably score for it. And, uh, you know, obviously, nerves might creep in a wee bit. I think the dad didn't even... I don't think Anne said nerves get... But they managed the game a wee bit better. They started going a wee bit more direct with the ball, got uh, punted a wee bit more often than actually playing it out. And I think that was just trying to manage the game. Uh, but for me, that was... One of the comfiest two one victories I think you'll ever see. Like on the like I've also watched the highlights when you take the emotion out and stuff. But uh, it's one of the comfiest two one victories. Like I said, there was chances at the end and stuff, but uh, uh, brilliant, brilliant. Hassle free two one, Franny. Thank you for your new, uh, new favourite. <laughs> um, By the way, I have to say, sorry, Anthony. Sakala misses an absolute sitter if he scores at that Aye. point it makes it one each nicer guy. It's a, I know it could be a different game but he mumped, he mumped his gums during the week and fluffed his lines on the big day that's the difference mm-hmm. so we tended to do our talking uh, on the park and it's, it's definitely you're absolutely bang on Ross and even a lot of prominent uh, ex-Rangers players you know Barry Ferguson was one of the most Kind of prominent ones, he sort of says, like, he, he didn't care much for the way what Sakala said. And I think it turned out that it, it was somebody dared them to do it uh, in, the, in the dressing room. And you're just like, more often than not, as has proved the case again yesterday, you end up uh, with eggs on your face uh, with that kind of thing. Do your talking on the park. And as I say, they're, they're, um, they're, they're, all, their, all their fighting talk rings pretty hollow when their, uh, their trophy cabinet remains empty. But, um, well, obviously, the, as I say, the team, right? levels. Levels. There is levels to this game, absolutely. Uh, but, Ross, again, you, as I say, called the team right on Friday and the score. Um, <laughs> and, uh, there's a, like, a lot of, I know you're, you know, like myself, a, bit, a big fan of Maida and what he brings in this fixture, especially when he plays out on the left-hand side. I think you've got to give credit to Aaron Moy as well for an, another brilliant performance and there are a lot of similarities with the two goals. You know, it's his ball out to the left that allows you know, Taylor <laughs> and then Atati for the second one to drill the ball across just the way he, he delivers it on. But I think you also have got to give credit to the likes of, as you say, Carol Starfelt as well, Franny, um, for how he, how he won the ball back for both goals as well. So look, quite a lot of similar things in, in, in both goals, Ross. But I just thought, take this moment to, you know, if you could pick out a few of the individuals that you think deserve the most credit, um, who would you give it to? Um, well, I thought, firstly, I thought uh, Clyde won was emotional. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> I had a wee listen eye for about, about the first hour I got. Um, I, I, I mean, Hattati, outstanding. Cal McGregor, outstanding. Moy, outstanding. Everybody was, I thought, Alistair Johnson, Bell I there you go, I think that's somebody mentioned it. I thought Alistair Johnson was absolutely superb yesterday, right down mm-hmm. to when he squared up to, to Cholak. And mm-hmm. as much as he was squaring up to him, it was a much, much ado about nothing. Uh, but then once it kind of gets broke up, you see him kind of turning round and he just looks over to the bench and kind of has a wry smile as if to say, I got in his face, but I, wasn't, I was only really doing it to waste a wee bit of time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I thought he was brilliant, but Maeda right now is my favourite player in the team. I think <laughs> he is, and, and you know he's no he's no the most technically gifted. He's 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 no he's not got the greatest touch like some of the players in the team, but he is everything that we want for the team. He is absolutely brilliant. He never stops. That's sorry for the the pun, the cliche, whatever. Uh, but he just doesn't. He? He's up and down that line. He never gave Tavernier a, a minute's piece and he's always a threat going the other way, eh, getting in behind with his pace. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. And for me, he was... Certainly in the first half, I thought he was our best player. I know, obviously, you had Hattati and stuff and Kyogo, I thought, was outstanding on the day as well. Another cup final, another double, do you know what I mean? Big game player, that's what he does. But for me... Maeda was absolutely brilliant yesterday along with Alistair Johnson 
Aye, it was good. And obviously, Alistair Johnson, he was the, the toast of the, the Kerry deal as well. He went back in with the, the cup at the end of the night and uh, was getting interviewed off, the, off the, the Celtic press team as well. So you can already see, Franny, for me, that he's only been at the club a short period of time, but he seems to completely buy into the way that, the, just the way that Celtic are as a, as a club. He seems to just love being here, loves pulling on that jersey, giving his all. And uh, that's two big derby performances we've had off him now. And amongst all the, you know, the, the, the steady, steady, if unspectacular performances we've had in between, he's looking a real find. Uh, is a like, yeah, a proper, as a steady, steady player. I don't think he, I, I, don't, I don't think he does anything amazing. But I'm meaning that from an attacking point of view because I thought, like defensively, I think he's brilliant. Especially that last twenty minutes, I don't think anybody got by him yesterday. He just seemed to win every duel, win every slide tackle, and he just was always never seemed to get caught out of position. Um, and I thought, ah, it's an absolute great, great signing. Like you say, it looks like he's he's buying in. We have said that uh, that uh, Postacogo likes to buy the the person first and. The player, well, so got to be a player as well, but he likes to buy the person too. So it's, so obviously buying guys that are really into the the sort of the ethos of what how we want to play. Like Postecoglou has got a clear idea of what he wants to do, and he's got to be bringing guys in here that that want to do that. Hence, like why guys like Maeda and Kyogo and things like that have came on board with it. It's like Maeda. I thought if you just concentrate on him going forward yesterday, I don't think he had the best get like. He had a lot of ball, but it, just, it was one of the ones where he just never once got a decent cross in that I can remember. And there were some, there were, there were proper wayward. But going backwards, the guy was absolutely ridiculous. Just, it was at one point, it was at, I think, so it would have been the second half. And uh, it might have been Tavernier who was deep in our half, maybe about 18 yards out, and nobody seemed to want to go with him. And then Maeda came from anywhere and just turned the ball off him. It was like, the guy just, I thought, defensively showed why... He was in that in that team yesterday, and if it might not be the most pleasing on night, but if you watched that game yesterday, and can he, like I'm, I've in the past been a big advocate of playing a bad in this fixture, simply because I think he's got. I mean, maybe a wee bit of psychological thing over uh, Barisic in the, t- the game, but when you look at Maeda yesterday, I think it's hard to to argue why. Uh, Abada's sitting on the bench and Maeda's on that team sheet. It's just defensively, for me, outweighs some of the bad crosses yesterday. I just think he was absolutely brilliant. And Adam Moy, I thought, was fantastic again. He just, he, he's similar to Johnson, he's got that wee bit of dig about it. Doesn't he look, <coughs> Nars Johnson's a big lad, but Moy isn't the biggest, but he's got a bit of dig about him and stuff. He, he doesn't mind it. Even like the second goal, he's, he's kind of sort of rolled, rolled the boy and got. That used his uh, body well and stuff, and I just think he just plays the game at his pace. It's brilliant. He never seems to nothing's rust. He never just seems to be rushing. Having it just slows the game. Say slows the game down. It's, it, I think it's just his pace. It just looks everything just looks slow, but it's just it's it's so deliberate what he does, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant to watch. And then Hatati just being his normal selling Kyogo. <laughs> I I kind of this. Kind of disagree. I don't think it sounds silly. I don't think he was brilliant, but it's a bit like well, Haaland at Man City hardly touched the ball, but scored two goals. And to be fair, that's what you want for your striker at the end of the day. It's I'm not really expecting much more, but I wouldn't say he had a bad game. But it was just one of the ones of he scored two goals and done for me done not a lot more. But it's why it's he does off the ball. I know. Well. I appreciate that. I think yeah. I was just kind of got. Made into what other folk done, but uh, it's another double in a cup final for Kyogo. It's it maybe be coming into the conversation for is he up not up there with Henrik, but maybe the best striker since Henrik. It's big goals he's scored <coughs> in, in big games. He, he definitely has that big game feel um, about him, Franny. Obviously, you know, the likes of Gary Hooper had a, a similar type of buzz about him. He always used to get a, a goal against Rangers, and obviously. Dembele and Edward as well, but yeah, I think it's safe to say that Kyogo's definitely uh, right up there, absolutely. Uh, what's Patrick saying about Starfield thinking he was Cruyff in the box? Uh, you, you always know your, your team's confident when your um, defender's doing Cruyff turns, 
in the eighteen yard box. That was uh, didn't do as good any uh, blood pressure any good Ross, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure Ange would have liked it, especially with the result um, at the end. But um, Brandy, I'm going to I see as one, and I never thought I'd hear myself say this. Um, and I don't know if if, if John's listening in the now, but I hope, I hope he's uh, <laughs> launched his phone <laughs> at, the, uh, at the wall. But personally, apart from maybe one or two decisions, first of all, I'm very glad that I don't even think VAR was required once yesterday. I don't recall the graphic being up on the screen um, at all. But I thought, considering the pressure cooker atmosphere, considering what was at stake, considering that this was two clubs, you know, you could argue both undefeated in the last 14 games, you know, we can debate over who's in the the better forum, um, shall we say, but it was definitely a game where something had to give. It could have been very easy um, for a referee to lose control of a match of that magnitude very quickly, but I actually thought Walsh had a decent game. I thought, I I think when you come away from a match, you're not really talking about any refereeing decisions, that's what sort of tells you need to know the less you hear about a referee that, that just shows they're doing their job it's it, it shows they're capable of actually turning in a good performance and, and things like that but I don't think there was any there was no major flashpoints there was nothing where you really thought it gave them anything the only one there was one where the ball looked a mile out of play but obviously the move never came to anything, so mm. I'm assuming VAR would have got involved in that if it did it <laughs> in a hole, but it obviously never came to anything. And then you had the Abada dive, which in fairness to ref, he called bang on. At the time I thought it was thought it was a free kick at the time, but then when you mm-hmm. see it, it's it's a blatant dive. So as <clears throat> the ref the ref done a good job, but then the, the ref done the ref ref the match properly and it was it was it wasn't a match where I felt that there was any like I say any flashpoints, any need for anybody to get involved or that, Anthony. I was quite shocked with that. You're bang on, Franny, but I think you you make a good point as well, Ross. That considering again the the atmosphere on the ground and, and what was at stake, and considering I would definitely say the the, the fighting trash talk um, from the our friends across the Clyde, shall we say, um, in the last week. It could have created for a more of a kind of powder keg kind of fixture, but I don't actually recall there being sort of too many moments in the game where it could have uh, descended into chaos. Um, no, I, I don't think there was. Like Franny said, there wasn't too many flashpoints in the game. There wasn't there wasn't a, a situation arose where there was an opportunity to give Rangers a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I still think. If there was an opportunity to give them one, they would have got it. Absolutely. But it's unfair to say that because all in all, the referee did have a good game. He had a strong game. He was decisive. He dished out yellow cards when they were deserved to be dished out. Uh, and he, he didn't get two cards happy. He was measured and he, he, done a, he refereed the game very well, done a really good job and let it flow. And it, it, it made for... In the end, a good game of football. Uh, it wasn't the most top quality game of football. It was a good end-to-end game of football. Two teams going at it, trying to win a cup final. Ah, there certainly was. Um, but of course, only one Men team. Men going at uh, it. <laughs> 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 but, uh, at, the, at the end of the day, as we say, only one can. But the thing is, Ross, uh, what I think made it even more so. I mean, we've, we're no strangers to seeing Celtic uh, supporters putting on, you know, have a, creating a great atmosphere and whatever. But you know, you touched on it earlier about Joe Hart's um, comments. But there just did seem to be something at full time yesterday for me. Even seeing you know Jota up in the dugout, um, you know, we, we you know, still we Celtic gear on, just jumping about. You know, that, that there was that kind of feel good festival atmosphere. But the, you know, the, but the supporters singing the full game, that you know, the, the way the players reacted to that at full time as well. As I say, we're, we're no strangers to seeing trophies being lifted at, at, at Hamden and you know memories being made. But I don't know about you, but I thought it was some very special yesterday at full time. Is that for me? Uh, I just feel. No, right. Sorry, um, I, I totally missed my name when I was concentrating uh, uh, comments here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there was there there was a. A different, a, a different feel, um, but there's 
you can see it. There's an evident connection between the fans and the players and the management. It's it, it's all working now because the team are doing really well on the park, like really really well, playing great football. So it, it is that does help in the connection. But the players are embracing it. They're loving being at the club. They're loving the support they're getting off the fans. But not only are they loving it, they're they're acknowledging it. And it was totally on show yesterday. It was evident. Uh, I don't know if anybody's had the chance to watch the unique angle of the mm. post-match celebrations. And it's up close. Uh, and it gives you a real proper feel for it. And you can see it. The, the elation on the players' faces. I mean, they're going to be. They've just wanted to they, they go out and play football to win trophies. Uh, and they've done that. But I, it's just great to see the connection between the fans and the players at the minute, and long may it continue. Absolutely, and Franny, I'm sure you'd echo what Ross is saying there, but as well, like you say, in a lot of the unique angle stuff as well, you could see, you know, I keep mentioning Joe Hart, but it was just the way, yeah, I just, when I think, when I look at Joe Hart, you know, he's a guy who's been there, done it all, won it all, played at the highest level, and you could still just see what yesterday meant to him. And I think as much as, you know, he's won you know, incredible amounts of honours at, at the likes of Man City and, you know, played at the highest level for England as well. I think he's, you know, as you know, you know, he's he's got more uh, yesterdays and tomorrows as far as his career is concerned, but you can just see that he just soaks in all this in and just wants to appreciate it um for as long as he can. I think it's just it just seems like a proper, proper professional, clearly in it, at, at this stage of his career, he wants to get what he can, <clears throat> what what's left of him, and get what he can out of the out of the game and stuff. It's, I mean, it was well documented. He was on, he would have been on even his, his second or third choice at Spurs. He'd probably on sixty plus grand a week, and <clears throat> I think it was documented. He came up here for fifteen grand, so it shows that he was up. For the right reasons, he's not came up for money. He's came up to try and get play first in football for what's left of his career, and try and win things. And I think he's just kind of appreciating of that. He said, like obviously that Ange made him feel important again. He's maybe just uh, let a wee bit of a wee fire in his belly when he came back up. Maybe Joe Hart, at, but it would have been thirty four, I think, when he came up to us. Maybe thought I was maybe I've just <coughs> not got to get a chance at a top club anymore. And then he's just obviously came to Celtic and seen what seen what the club's all about and stuff and uh, and then obviously went on to win things. I think he's just realising he's maybe not got many days like that left in him. Uh, he winning things just at, at his age, but we know keepers can maybe go for another few years anyway. But I think all the team, I think like Ange, I think that's the first time I'm going to call him out as a liar. He says he doesn't really care the wall at the, at the neighbours and stuff. His celebration at the end with the one of the fans, he's been listening in. I think he's been listening in to something. And I think a lot of that was just not relief, but uh, just this, it was maybe a bit annoying that folk were like maybe disrespecting him. Like uh, Bill was getting portrayed as almost the Messiah, so to speak, and stuff. And it was almost like we were the team that was nine points behind going into this game and things like that. So I think a lot of that. And Postacoglu and uh, the manager, eh, and the players, sorry, was just, so we better just, I look, that's, we dare talking here, knowing the, knowing the papers and stuff, we will dare talking here, and this is what happens at the end of it. Absolutely, it's, it's kind of something that numerous Celtic managers have touched <laughs> on, Ross, obviously, I'm just off the top, even in more recent terms, when, you know, when Brendan um, was, you know, making a monopoly Scottish football regardless of who was in the Rangers dugout, it seemed to be that the gap was always getting closer if you were to listen to the mainstream media, despite the fact that the points difference was uh, clearly getting larger week by week. And then I remember Neil Lennon um, around uh, the season. We got curtailed. We went to Ibrox quite early in the season and won 2-0. I think it was the game Johnny Hayes scored. And I remember Mm -hmm. him quite vividly in the the aftermatch saying that, you know, Celtic have been an afterthought on Sky all week. You know, I think it was just all all, all about the Stevie G show. Uh, and we went out and done the business that day. You know, you look at the build-up to the game. And, you know, you, even the BBC, which is supposed to be a, you know, a neutral uh, 
you know, broadcaster funded by the taxpayer, but they'd done a full in-depth uh, interview with Michael Beale, but did not have the same uh, same interview um, sort of kind of set up with Ange Postacoglu either. And there was numerous other outlets where it just seemed <laughs> to be that this was all going to be Rangers Day and almost, for me, a willingness to, for the establishment to kind of want Rangers to win yesterday to make a contest off it. I totally agree with Franny. I think um, Angie's reaction at full-time spoke volumes. I, I fully agree with that as well. Uh, there, there was pleasure, um, smugness in his celebration, it's safe to say. Get it, roundies, really. But <laughs> just touching on what... You're talking about there in terms of it was reported beforehand and stuff like that. I, I heard it was, I had heart radio on yesterday. I was out in the car before the game. It was a couple of hours before the game. And the whoever the woman was obviously reporting. And she, it was just like a tiny wee bit on the, obviously the game was coming up. And she reported on it by saying, eh, today at Hamden, Michael Beale tries to add another trophy to the Rangers trophy cabinet as he takes on. Celtic in the via play cup final and I was just sitting there like holy fuck like, <laughs> <laughs> how can you report on that like that it, like adding it to the Rangers trophy cabinet we're the team that's won 22 trophies in what is it 11 oh, years or something uh, aye and they're reporting on it like that it's just bizarre no it was like a parallel it, universe it, sometimes, doesn't it? Aye, I, you just—I mean, that is just a silly way to report on that. It's—it's mm-hmm. it, it's just absolute ignorance, arrogance. Either that stupidity, but whatever it is, it's not good. Aye, <laughs> but aye, that—that that just sort of summed up, summed up for me how the build-up has went. And like you said, there's been a willingness that they wanted Rangers to win that cup final yesterday for whatever reason but Celtic internally McGregor said that after he uh, after the game yesterday in his interview that we the only people we need to listen to is us internally and that's it so we've took no notice of that I have heard that but we don't need to listen to any of that we just do our talking on the pitch and that's exactly what they've done they sure did, and uh, I don't think anyone that's seen it in the comments here. Um, evening, Stephen. Hope everyone's uh, all well with the family, mate. Congratulations again. Um, he mentioned that we have a new sponsor of the show. The logo's not up yet, um, but it's uh, with a Scandinavian clothing company called, now if I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right, Sharna uh, Clothing. It's a clothing company kind of based around the sort of fashion of the terraces, shall we say, and um, they've been getting involved with a lot of new um, sort of football podcast so we're delighted that they're our new show sponsor I'm sure we'll get the logo up uh, for the next show on Friday night and uh, if you go onto the, the link on the YouTube channel guys it'll be a 10% discount um, if you just put our, put our code in um, which I'm sure Stephen will, will sort but uh, yeah I did I, I hadn't forgotten Stephen it was going to be my, my one once we'd finished the, the full League Cup chat but um, well thanks for uh, reminding me anyway and yeah uh, yeah, I went on the website a couple of days ago, and there is some there's some nice clobber on it. So might there is actually, there. yeah, it's, uh, some nice it's hoodies. Exciting. There is, and uh, thank you like the hoodie, Ross. Me, you like a hoodie, in it? Oh, I did, yeah. <laughs> covers a multitude of sins, kid. Carry. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, as well, they didn't give us a big long script to do like we used to have to do when we were sponsored by Manscaped as well. Oh, so we're, we're we're delighted to have them as part of the show, <laughs> and. Uh, Ross, you just that was a seamless transition there when you were talking about the, the 22 trophies uh, in 11 years. As I said, brilliant banner at the end of the game mm-hmm. uh, when the fans put that up saying, you know, we, we set the standards. This is, you know, this is our playground, essentially. Everyone else is just getting a wee shot at it um, now and again. But I just wanted to touch on the fact that yesterday was Celtic's sixth League Cup in seven years. Um Considering it was a trophy that you know we were talking about that, um, last week, perhaps our lack of success in it during you know our kind of younger years, maybe on a wider scale, is maybe why the League Cup traditionally wasn't looked upon with um, with much kind of aplomb by the Celtic support. I mean, I remember um, last season when I was at the Livingston Celtic game, uh, Murdo McLeod was 
was the, the doing like the sort of PR talk after the match, and he was he was chatting about the League Cup, and um, he mentioned the fact that he scored the winner in a two-one uh, win against Rangers in 1982, and Celtic didn't win it again until 1997 when he was Vim Janssen's assistant coach. So you know, an incredible yeah. period of time. But when you look at the fact that you know six out of the last seven, you know, we've definitely improved our, our tally in the competition. Um, do you see that this could be again be the start of a new for one steal on an NFL term, but is it this maybe the start of a new dynasty at Celtic? Um I, I don't think it's the start. I think we're in the midst of it. Um six out of the last seven, eh? Mm-hmm. We spoke about this, I think it was us three it was on last mm-hmm. Monday maybe. And we were talking about the the League Cup and the possibility of it being defunct. I think yesterday proved that it needs to stay. Um, and people will say, "Are you just saying that because you won?" Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> possibly, but helps. <laughs> ah, yeah, it does help. But uh, you look at it. I said it last week. We've won that game. We're in pole position in the league. We're looking like we're going to get a double. We don't want to say it, but we are on course for a treble. And if you take away the league cup, that doesn't happen. Doubles don't sound as good as trebles. We done a double last year. It was great, but if if we manage to get a treble this year, it's what everything that Ange said. Like I think we have improved, obviously, for last year, but it would sort of solidify it if we did go and do the treble. But if we don't, I still believe that we've improved. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. I think we've, as you can see, obviously, the, the last season that we had a, a kind of stop start, and obviously, I just didn't get all the players, and you, you couldn't get all that in one transfer window anyway. And like you said, we had to take a couple of hits at the start of the East tenure. You know, we think there's only three wins in the first seven games or something like that. But my God, we haven't half improved on that record in the last uh, year and a half. But Franny, what about yourself? Are you getting pretty used to seeing the the three pronged trophy with green and white ribbons around it? Ah, it's it's always nice to get one early in in the cabinet and stuff. It just it it gives you that kick to to go on the rest of the season. We're in a really really strong position in the league. For me, I don't. When you look at our record in the league, I don't see how Rangers claw that back. I really don't. So for me. I think we're three games away from winning the treble. I said so. Scottish, I think the league's all but taken care of, and they've just got the Scottish Cup to deal with. It won't be easy. Hearts are away from home in the quarter final isn't an easy game. But for me, I think we're like, only three games away from uh, the treble and stuff. So, uh, it's it's the banner I thought was was brought. I mean, Rangers actually had a banner saying two trophies in eleven years. I mean, that's actually embarrassing itself. They're actually boasting about him only having two trophies. And then, but to have that one just there, just ready to go, uh, and just where it's saying we are the standard, it's uh, absolutely brilliant. Like Ross said, it's we're, we're in a dynasty, I feel like it's not the start of one. And I think if you, you look back, when Michael Beale, obviously Michael Beale made that comment, it was the last four trophies or something, uh, <laughs> they've won two of them. It's that was it's, obviously it was wrong because it was, it's, he's won two of the last five, which. To be fair on paper, maybe isn't the world's worst, but for a team like Rangers, you'd maybe want to be... It's probably where you'd expect to be and maybe Celtic one another, the other three or vice versa, but when you actually like go back, I think it was some... When you when you look at it, and then 11 year, it's still only with two trophies or something in 11 mm. year. And then I think if you go back a couple more, it's still only two and you're like... They, you've really... How you word something can be quite intelligent, but if you actually look properly into it, like eleven trophies in two years, and you're boasting about two of the last five. That was the last couple of year. So it's, uh, I think, I I I just I think it's a really really special period that we have been in. Yes, the COVID season was a blip, shall we say? It's just been one of the ones that it will happen. But right now, well, Angie's here, and while he continues to get backed off the board, which he has been, I think. We'll, I think we'll just continue to have success. Whether we're constantly win cups and leagues, I think. For me, Angel will always try and win the league first and foremost and obviously try and progress in Europe. But uh, like the, the league should be the priority in the cups to an extent, a bonus. But 
the, the, the squad depth that we've got, the squad we've got, we should be confident that really properly competing in every domestic competition anyway and just try to push forward in the league. It's just, I think for him for a really, really special period while, while Ange is still here. Oh, well, certainly. Here's hoping anyway, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely bang on. I mean, you can frame a narrative anywhere you want. I think somebody on Twitter summed it up perfectly when he says, you know, we've, <laughs> we've won two out of the last four. And he says, no, you've won two out of the last 34. You know, that's more. Uh, that was the one I was trying to remember. That was the one I was trying to remember. But yeah, definitely it's, um, we're, uh, as a support, we're definitely very lucky at the moment and long may that continue. And uh, just kind of a couple of more points just to round off, Ross, and kind of touch it, falling on for what we were saying about you know, the period of dominance um, that we're in at the moment. Um, I think, yeah, and I just wanted to pay tribute to perhaps you could argue where it all began, or at least the foundations of it all began um, back in the 90s because it was a certain individual's birthday yesterday, I believe, according to the wiki, it was his 82nd uh, birthday, and what a lovely birthday present we got him. Um, talking, of course, about the bonnet himself, uh, Mr. Fergus McCann. Um, Celtics, you know, paid, paid paid off the debts uh, that the old board had without even uncovering control of the club. Struck out a deal at the 11th hour, 52nd minute, to take control of the club. And from there, he says, we're going we're to get this club back to, to where it belongs. It perhaps took a bit longer than, you know, as we wanted to at the time. We wanted, obviously, to protect the nine and definitely stop the ten, which we did manage to do. But his vision, you could argue, Ross, was always about bigger than any of us could ever imagine. You look at the stadium now, and you could argue that it's the, the fruits of the success that we're, we're having now started back um, when Fergus took control of the club. Absolutely. He saved Celtic, as you say, at the 11th hour, and it's my belief, I'm sure it's a lot of other fans' belief, I can't speak for everybody, I can speak for myself, and it's my belief that Fergus McCann is the reason that Celtic are everything that they are now. We've got a beautiful stadium, it's all seated, no standing bits. But aye, he, he is, he, he's everything that Celtic is now, and you just can't thank thank him enough. You, you you remember back to this. Obviously, I was only about eleven when it happened. Mm. You think back to the scenes. Uh, uh, what do you call him, Brian Dempsey coming out and saying to the fans, "The war is over. The rebels have won." Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, but I, Fergus McCann. We all remember when he came back, and I can't mind when it was when he done the, the flag day and he got booed. Obviously. Time, a lot of time has passed since then and I think Celtic fans who did that have a lot of regret for doing that and they realise now what, what he did for the club and obviously like you said it did take a wee bit longer to sort of overtake Rangers but at the same time you look at that Rangers team they were coming up against they were very good very good team and they had won a lot of league titles it was a really hard thing to overturn and it's similar to what Rangers face now, trying to overturn a Celtic team. It's not an easy thing to do when you're a winning machine and you're built on just just pure quality. Uh, and, and that's what it is now, and that's because of Fergus McCann. Uh, hail, hail to that, uh, my friend. Franny, just like sort of your own thoughts on uh, Celtic's former uh, chairman as well. I mean, I, was, I, I think you're, you're bang on, Ross. I think he is the sort of the kind of father of the modern day Celtic. So I think it was his vision that, you know, created the, the season ticket um, culture that created the revenue that meant we could go and compete um, against, you know, clubs that are more financially um, better off and, you know, to a less attractive environment, you could argue, Franny. But by the same point, you know, it, it's, like you say, it was frustrating at times. You sometimes just wanted them to, you know, buy the players, but it was, for him, it was all about, you know, you had to have, the bigger stadium that created the revenue that always meant that we were always going to be ahead of Rangers, certainly off the pitch. And um, I think it's safe to say now, um, we're seeing the Fritzies work. Uh, as it's one of the ones where uh, I think time, is, time has done him a lot of favours that you actually realise the job that he actually <laughs> done. Like, I don't think he was, he was credited with 
a lot. Let's say I credit a lot of good, obviously, back then. But I think, like you say, a lot of it was built on frustration. Obviously, you had think guys like your, your cadets, how donks and Decano's coming in. It was obviously maybe put a bit on him that why we didn't retain these guys because it was it was trying to strike within a sort of a, a wage structure and things like that. Uh, and there was probably other <coughs> signings we missed out on and just under the way he done. But he always came in and said that he was going to build a stadium. He was building Celtic for the future to leave them in a better place, which obviously inevitably done. And I think when you see, when you look at that stadium and now and see where we are all these years now, it's, it is cause of him. I think I was like, I can remember being in the stadium and I was a wee bit younger, but I was with my, with my dad and I can remember booing him. But it was one of the ones copied my dad. Don't know why my dad was booing him, but I copied him. Your dad booing everybody. Ah, that, that was kind of my problem, man. I was just a young lad, but you copy your dad, eh? The fat boss. It was one of them, but then once you just get a wee bit older and stuff, you actually realise this guy actually meant what I mean. He won many a court case for Celtic as well and stuff. So the guy, the guy knew, guy knew what he wanted, knew knew how to get there. Like we say, it may be ten longer, but I certainly left Celtic in a lot better place. Uh, he certainly did, and uh, wherever you are in the world, Fergus, hope you had a lovely birthday, and uh, hope you enjoyed your wee present uh, from your the club that you grew up supporting. And uh, boys, I think that that sort of you know that, that sort of rounds up it's what we're going to chat about in terms of the the final. I know obviously Friday night will be the preview show for the the upcoming fixture against St Mirren. You know, a club that we lost to uh, the only t- defeat we've had this season uh, domestically. Um, so we'll not go into sort of too much about the game itself, Ross, but it's just probably more t- t- touching on what Ange said um, in his interview um, with the BT, with the BT Sport, the Via Play Sports uh, panel yesterday about how the fact that they're going to enjoy the celebrations yesterday, they had the day off today, but we never stop, they've got to get back in tomorrow and get ready to go again. Well, aye, that's 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 the the mark of the man management. He recognises that they have to enjoy this because he spoke before pre-match and all that saying about you don't waste these moments, you've got a short career, etc. And he sort of like followed that up by saying they enjoy this moment now, but I have to let them enjoy it because I'm going to ask them to go again on Tuesday. And by the way, the players will duly oblige because that is what this team's all about. It's the message that gets drummed into them. We never stop. They'll have enjoyed last night. Day off the day, chill out, enjoy it with their family, their their uh, achievements, if you like, and then they will go again on Tuesday. They'll be back in training, and come with uh, the weekend, they'll be back at it. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And what about your, yourself, Franny? You, do you expect the boys to just pick up where they left off and uh, get back to it? I I I thought really do expect them to do it. Sometimes you can the first game after like a final there can be a sort of a wee a wee lull, but I just didn't I didn't see Postacoglu doing that. It's uh, history tells you still got to do it. Like what we've seen from it, there's no president there for him for the standards to slack. And just to go on his comments, it was it was typical ones. We've said it so many times. He says the right things at the right times and stuff like just saying, I the players. We'll need to enjoy the day that there might not be any days like this and stuff like that. So I've given them the day off. Yeah, which was probably raging because we we liked the wee day off when he asked for it after the Dundee United game and that. And got, <laughs> I, think, I think the whole team were maybe in, in the state and at training the next day. But I like I said says the right things at the right time, and I think the players won't take the pass out that they probably did enjoy themselves yesterday and, and fully deserved that. But I think they'll be back in on Tuesday ready to go and stuff and I thought his comment to Alan McCoy was, was brilliant too that was just it just shows that he absolutely listens to everything uh, I, you're absolutely bang on and I have to say I think we were, we were kind of even saying it in the, the group chat as well you have to fair play to McCoy he, he took it well uh, Ross. But, you know like, you know what it's like they, they, as, as Franny says a lot of them they'll hear all their, their wee sort of you know banters back and forth and it's about how you react to it and uh, it's always good when you take a bit of a, part, a good bit of part as well. Oh, aye, that's what McCoy saw about. I mean, mm-hmm. something like McCoy, there'll be things that you won't agree with him on because 
However, you dress it up, he's a big Rangers man, he played mm-hmm. for the club he loved, and that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But in terms of McCoist as a pundit, a co-commentator, there's no money better. He's mm-hmm. he's brilliant, he, he's quite knowledgeable, uh, but his patter is first class, he's one-liners, and he's he can he, he, he dashes it out, and he can mm-hmm. take it. Uh, he's as I say, you're not going to agree with everything he says because he'll be pro Rangers. But mm-hmm. for the most part, certainly after that game yesterday, he was very honest and he's uh, mm-hmm. sort of how he thought the game went. And he's always very honest, unlike a certain Mister Chris Boyd, who mm-hmm. we we have to even now sits in that Gillette Soccer Saturday panel. It's actually a redneck for he's like the face of Scottish football. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is. He, he's a very good pundit, and you, you can't help but sort of like the guy in terms of mm-hmm. as a pundit. I didn't like what he done for Rangers, obviously, but mm-hmm. as a pundit, he's very, very good, and he's got good banter. Uh, well, well, he's one where he said he'll drive him down. It's it's a joke, isn't it? It's, if you take, him, you've got to read the context, and like Poster Cog on Celtic's got to take that as a compliment that the guy was getting laughed at the door. Laughed in the door, so I should say, about 18 months ago, and the guys that were doing that like, I'll drive him to his next job. Yeah. It shows what I was at Ross, you put up on Facebook uh, not that long ago, they, they laughed his arrival, they, they, or the, the, the fears. Uh, they, 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 what was it? They, they mocked his arrival, uh, they pray for his departure. Yeah, that's it. I think uh, that's Obama like eloquence there from you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in terms of, you know, the, the 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 game itself, boys. It was a a fantastic day, and uh, but yeah, I think we're, as as we're all aware, none of us are purple snappers anymore. And as you can see, we're, <laughs> we're feeling the effects of today. So I think we've reviewed the game as much as we can because I know uh, Ross, I think you're running out of iron brew there, son. I think your <laughs> supplies are running low. That's that's the fourteenth can today. Ah, but um. As I say, folks, I hope wherever you were yesterday, whether you were at the stadium or, um, you know, in the pub with the boys or, you know, just anywhere in the house or wherever, it was a brilliant day for Celtic. Uh, another trophy won. The forces of equal vanquished yet again for another few weeks at least. And uh, that's really it. Oh, I've not got much else to say, boys. We enjoyed this one tonight. Aye, good, good laugh, um, but very tired. <laughs> uh, be, be glad they got off, but it's it's been good talking about it again because it was just a great day yesterday, and it's it's always good to talk about Celtic winning trophies, and it's, we're making a habit. Yeah, we certainly are. And uh, whatever you are tonight, folks, we'll see you again on Friday night for the build-up to our league match against St Mirren. So stay well and keep safe. Hell, hell. <laughs>